In this episode of Boss Files, her name is synonymous with makeup, Bobby Brown. But this mogul calls herself a startup. How she's starting a new chapter after leaving her namesake brand, becoming the entrepreneur of her life, as she puts it. She says her parents never thought she'd be a big professional success. Boy, did she prove them wrong. Also, her commitment to empowering women and girls. Here's my one-on-one with Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown, I'm so glad to be here. It's been three, four years. Yeah, it's sure gone quickly. It sure. It's unbelievable. But you are the same Bobby Brown sitting here with your legs I crossed know, for people I they am. can't see you. Crossed like like we're in <laughs> like kindergarten. Buddha. Like yeah, Buddha. Like Buddha. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A lot has changed in the last year yeah, for you. a lot has changed. On to new adventures, what you call being the entrepreneur of your life. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that in a moment. But your name is synonymous with makeup. I mean, it really is. Who else? You can only really say that about like Estee Lauder and and you. Um, Max Factor. Sure. Okay. Arden. Yeah, yeah, but your name yeah. is pretty high up yeah. there. You started the company 27 years ago. Yes. Do you look back now and think, wow? Well, I. It's very funny. Um, since it was my 25th year with the brand, I worked on a 25-year book, all through pictures, because I love pictures. And I can't believe some of the things that actually I did that I had no ability to do and no knowledge how to do. What are those, like, pinch-me moments? Like the first cover of Vogue, Naomi Campbell? Of course. The first cover of Vogue was a big deal. Um, Certainly then there were so many other things from Bruce Weber doing a film in my honor was really cool. Having parties at the embassies in three different countries was way cool. And, I mean, I can go on. There's been so many. I mean, this is an idea that started with five grand, and a girl at the time who told her parents that she wanted to drop out of college. Right. So I went to Emerson College and studied makeup. They didn't have a makeup program, but I walked in and they told me that I could design my own. And I kind of like designing. I, you know, I like making things up, so I did it. I came home and told my mom I wanted to drop out. <laughs> right. I said, college is really boring. And she said, forget about college. Let's just pretend today's your birthday. You could do anything you want. Yeah. What would you want to do? I want to go to the department store, Marshall Fields, and play with makeup. She said, I'm sure there's a college somewhere. There wasn't. But somehow I found Emerson. Hmm. You found Emerson. Emerson's lucky you found them because <laughs> now you're on the board and raising a whole bunch of right, but money if, for them. If you, when your kid is old enough and you go to Emerson, they tell you that the reason my name is on the gym because I played basketball there. <laughs> True story. Yes, if we, people could see you now, you yeah, are I'm not five the foot tall. spud I'm five web foot tall, yeah. of, uh, yeah. Okay, so you graduate with this degree that you have created yourself. Yes. You moved to New York City. Right. Is it true that you started flipping through the yellow pages, figuring out who to call? Yes, which I now, someone, I'm just going to copy what some writer said. It's like, you know, old school Google. I mean, basically, because I didn't know what to do. Sure. So I was someone that used to figure things out. So I opened up the yellow pages. I looked up makeup, models, fashion, anything that made any kind of sense. And I started going to see people. Hmm. My first appointment, I went to the Makeup Artist Union. I'm like, I'm here. I remember the guy's name was Ed Callahan. How I remember it, I don't know. And he said, sit down. And he basically said, um, you either have to be born into the union or it's going to take you 10 years. I said, thanks, Ed, and that's not going to work. So I went back and looked up models and modeling agencies and started making calls. But you were already going against the grain at an early age because you didn't, this was the 80s. Right. 
You didn't like the way that makeup was being done. No, you wanted I still to, don't. But you yes. want, not only did you want a job, you wanted to change <clears throat> the game. Well, I didn't know I wanted to change the game. I never, I, I've never known I was a rebel. I didn't know I wanted to change what was happening. I just did things that made sense to me. So when I made someone up, I actually liked making them look pretty in my mind. I didn't like changing the color of their skin. I didn't like changing the shape of their nose. I found the naturalness beautiful. Hmm. And so I use makeup to enhance. And it took me a long time to learn that. When I first started working, I would get hired for covers. I remember doing Jerry Hall on a cover of Cosmopolitan. And I wasn't really good. And she was so kind. I did her makeup. I showed her the mirror. She said, oh, thank you so much. It's beautiful. And then she pulled out her makeup and redid her whole face. And that's how I learned a lot about makeup, is wow. watching people fix the makeup I did. Wow. You started with a lipstick, and you started selling it out of your home? Right. No pre-internet? No, no pre-internet. I, I met a chemist, and I told him that I could never find a lipstick I liked. And he said, what don't you like about lipstick on the market? I said, it's smelly, it's dry, it's greasy, and the colors are not pretty. So I told him the color I wanted. He made it, and it was the perfect lip color. And then I realized all, women don't all have the same lip color. Right. So I made different colors and some women don't like a lip color lipstick. They like red, pink, or orange. So I made 10 lipsticks. I called them the essentials. I still remember the first Bobbi Brown lip gloss I bought in high school, Rose Sugar. Uh -huh. um, I still remember the first palette that I had. It was the uh, shimmery brick of kind of bronzer right. that was yep. striped. Mm -hmm. Your parents seem like a huge part of your success. I mean, for all of us, and most of us, they are. But but in, in an interesting way in that they didn't force you to conform to any sort of traditional path. Your college you know story is a good example. <laughs> why? Right. Because, honestly, my parents loved me more than anything, and they just never thought I would do anything. They, did not, they, they didn't they think didn't. you'd succeed. They didn't. They just thought, you know what, she's going to be really happy, she, maybe she'll be a great teacher, or maybe she'll just be a great housewife. I was both of those things, all right? So they're right, but you know, trust me, they're still shaking their heads saying, how? my daughter's a mogul. Like, really? how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> my daughter the mogul. Right, I mean, you, you know, my dad is actually quite funny when you ask him about it, you know? He said, how do you think that it feels to be, a, to be someone that the most successful person they know is their daughter? Does having one's parents underestimate them help them actually? Well, I Do think, you think it can? Well, I mean, I I don't think it really affected me that much. I never felt bad because You didn't want to prove them wrong. No, I never I never had to prove anything. I don't know what sparked it in me. You know, I used to watch my my papa, yeah. you know, my papa Sam your, work. Your your grandfather, grandfather, an immigrant from Russia. Right, and I used to see his work ethic and how he dealt with things, so that's always been, you know, something I think about. But I don't honestly know what Kool-Aid I drank to say, okay, this is my thing and I'm going to do this. Do you think maybe it was just that you were comfortable in your own skin? I think so. It just made sense. When I went to Emerson, I always say when I found Emerson, I found myself. Tons of creative kids running around doing, you know, kooky things, but all for the same cause. Mm -hmm. We like to create things and we like to work together. And I happen to have, I don't even know if it was a skill, but I had a passion 
And so I did makeup for everything I could possibly do there. So obviously you didn't just make a lipstick. Things right. took off just a little yeah. bit from there. Yes. So much so that they caught the attention of Leonard Lauder. Right. And he Four years after I started the company, wow. Lauder called. Very fast. Yeah, it was quick. He approaches you and he says to you that you remind him of his mother, the right. yes. Estee Lauder. Mm -hmm. What did you think? Um, I thought it was so cool. I couldn't believe I was meeting, you know, Leonard Lauder. And he was just the most, you know, wonderful, smart, cool guy. And, you know, it was, it was really neat. Hmm. And, you know, it was love at first sight, you know. But he said, we want to buy your company in part because you're beating us right. in all of the stores. Right. At that time, we were the number one line in both Bergdorf Goodman and Neiman Marcus. Haven't been since, but at the time we were. And it was quite something. But it's hard to decide, even though that is quite uh, the compliment mm -hmm. and flattery can go right. a long way. It's also hard to decide you're going to relinquish some control right. and you're going to sell. Well, you know what he said to me, and this is what really made the difference. He said, what if I told you that you can have complete <clears throat> autonomy and you could do the job that you really believe in most, which is be a mother? I said, you got a deal. He, he understood that I was, did not want to spend my days traveling the globe, in the office. I really wanted to have a life, mm. you know. So you're talking to a new mom yeah. over here. Yep. Could you have been as good a mother? Could you have been as happy of a mother and fulfilled in that part of your life if you had said no to Leonard Lauder's offer? I would always choose my life and family over work, and I would somehow figure out how to get it done. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that there's a lot of women who have full-time jobs and they have children and it's not easy, but there's little things you could do mm -hmm. to make it easier. Mm -hmm. And you know, everyone gets to a point in their life and career where they say, it might not be working now. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should do something different. So, you know, while you're there and in it, then you figure out Maybe it just means coming in a half hour later, coming yeah. in a little, you know, leaving a little earlier, walking, getting your walking in between. Yeah. There's ways to figure things Commerce out. Commerce calls in the car, which Co I do a exactly. lot of. I know you do a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, you've said that you've written your books I, in I, traffic jams. Exactly. A hundred percent in the car. So I never mind traffic, you know. And But I also did a lot in the park while I had the stroller and I was on the phone with editors or whoever, <laughs> Me too. that's how I, but that's how I worked. Me too. I was in the frozen food department talking to France, you know, some <laughs> beauty editor. I mean, that's just, and it's comical. You know, they didn't have Snapchat back then or Insta story, but it would have been, you know, quite, quite something. So right, this year has been a major year for you. Uh, you decided to leave. I mean, right. you left your, your, right. your namesake company. Right. I left in October. And it, trust me, it wasn't an overnight decision. And not an easy one. And it wasn't an easy one. But it was done, and when it was done, the first thing, there was this incredible sense of relief because all the problems that I was dealing with and cared about, desperately cared about, and thinking I could fix, they went away. Why did you leave, Bobby? Because it was time. But you what know? does that really mean? What it really means is it was a couple years of me not being able to do things exactly the way I wanted them. Not having the autonomy you were I promised. I did not have the autonomy I was promised, but I had it for so much of the time. The last couple of years, you know, things changed. You know, the company grew, you know, it was a billion dollars by the time I left. And not an easy task to say, you know what, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. How come, you know, we can't do this? Part of a big corporation, you know, that's just what it was. 
it was not a fairy tale ending, but now you sit here and right. you think. Yeah. You know, it was actually a fine ending because it, it October, um, what I had just done is do basically a 25-year tour, not knowing I was going to be going. But by doing that and reflecting on everything and realizing that my happiness was not there at the time. You know, I didn't, every day was stressful. Hmm. And you know what? I couldn't do that anymore. I didn't want to do it anymore. You're talking a lot about how to be the entrepreneur of your life right, right now. That's mm -hmm. sort of the life phase that you're right. in. Yeah. What does that mean? What it means is that you don't have to just follow one path that is expected of you. There are many other things you could do in your life instead of you do this and then you do this and then you do this and then you do this. Well, there's a, you know, I don't believe in cookie cutter lives. I believe in doing things that's right for you and doing it your way. And, you know, it's not everyone's path to get a corporate job and, you know, work crazy hours and travel. There are other things out there. And I think right now what's happening with, with the economy, with our world, with the differences, there's so many more opportunities for totally. people. And a lot of people are starting their own businesses where they would ne not necessarily have done that five mm -hmm. years ago. So Mickey Drexler, the man who really reinvented J. Crew, said about you, I know he's a, a good friend, she's a terrible corporate executive. And I say that as a compliment. She's about her product and her customers. She's not great at dealing in bureaucracy and doing things like normal executives do. That's Did he nail it? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's no question. I mean, you know, I, I tried to be a good corporate citizen, but I wasn't. Because it's hard for me to sit when someone says something that I don't agree with right, and not MB. say it. So I always said it. And, you know, I never did a contour palette. I'm probably the only, I'm sure the brand will probably do one, but I just didn't want to do it while I was there. For people who don't know what a contour palette is. It's, don't buy it. <laughs> it's what you can use to make your nose look a different way right. or your cheekbones right. automatically appear. Right. Um, if you're good at it, but most people look like they've got dirt on their face. <laughs> So, and contour. I think my husband has said to me before, what is on your face? Uh, <laughs> I think it would be me attempting to do that. <laughs> well, my husband actually likes me without makeup or very yeah. little. So does I mine. I think most men do. So does my, yeah. I, I think you're right too. Yeah. So does mine. You just turned 60? 60. 60, yeah. Which is the new 30. Okay. Which means I'm 20. <laughs> um, you just turned 60, but I, I, you've said, I feel like I'm 25 years old. You have more energy now. You're more excited. Mm -hmm. What excites Bobby Brown today? Well, the opportunity to create things and do things my way again. You know, it's been, a, it's been a long time since I've been able to just get an idea and do something and turn so quickly and bring in the people I want to bring in. And, you know, I'm a startup. You're a startup. I'm a startup, which my you're husband a, At the beginning me. of the interview, you're a mogul. Now yeah. you're a startup. No, right. You don't get to be both. You know what? I almost felt like when I, you know, when I left the brand and my car was not sitting outside for me, you know, I had meetings in the city. I took the train one yeah. day. I took, I took the boat. I took the ferry one day. Good for you. And then I called You'll Uber. You'll live, like the, I called, live yeah. like the rest of us. I, I know what I like. <laughs> and then I called Uber, you know? Yeah. So... And then I get to walk around, I get to touch other things, you know, that's not Bobby Brown makeup. It's, it's important to, to sort me. of get out of that bubble. It is. Right? It is. I feel, I feel like the luckiest woman that I had all of this, I had the success, and now I could do something different. Your Be Who You Are campaign, um, not just 
you know, it wasn't just models. It, it, it's also about ordinary people. And I think that's, as, as someone who's raising a daughter, mm -hmm. that has a profound importance right. to me now. Where right. does that come from for you? Well, you know, I realized all the years that I was making makeup and figuring out how to sell makeup to people that it wasn't just about makeup. It was really, you know, my philosophy. I think I've said, be who you are, you know, when I was mm -hmm. 18 years old. That has always been my philosophy. But it's about teaching women that, y you know, you are who you are and you got to be the best you are and not try to be someone else. But so what about those critics who say, well, makeup is the opposite of that. Makeup is making us who, who we are not. You say? What's an amazing thing about makeup is it could make you feel better. It's not about how you look, it's how you feel you look. And if you feel better, you have more energy. I mean, I feel better since I went in the makeup room than when I, <laughs> when I got here. That's me every morning. Right? So, yeah. And it makes you feel good. And by the way, that's powerful. Little known fact, yeah. you're a huge hip hop fan. Yes, that and is correct. And is it tr you went on stage with Flo Rida? I did, and I, I hopped on stage with Flo Rida because I am always someone that will take a risk. I also hopped on stage with Salt and Peppa. Yeah, I pushed it. Yeah, I did. It's, I did, and I would do it again. You call yourself a minus. What's yeah. the minus? Um, I do like to take vacations. I do like to, you know, to chill a bit. Oh my God, Bobby so, Brown is human. Yeah, no, of Great. course. And Bobby Brown gets tired sometimes, yeah. One of the things that struck me last time we spoke that I've actually never forgotten is your commitment to staying who you are and also where you want to be uncomfortable, meaning mm -hmm. when you became a mogul, you didn't move to a penthouse on Central Park. You stayed in New Jersey where you right. live. You chose dinner with your husband over dinner with Jean-Paul Gaultier. Is that mm -hmm. correct? That is correct. I chose, you know, Gene Goldberg's birthday and not having, not working with Nicole Kidman on Saturday Night Live. I just met her recently and I got to tell her that story, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, I always chose the comfort comfortable thing for me. I realized I could either be out at a party on really high heels talking to people or I could be home with my kid and my husband in my robe. It wasn't a hard decision. It's, but for people trying to make it, I mean right. some of this is while you were coming up. Yes. This isn't mm -hmm. just now when you've right. made it. What do you say to people who say, but what about those opportunities that I might miss, those chance connections that might right. be sort of what it takes to get me to the next level? Well, there were so many of those opportunities. I chose the ones I wanted to go to, yep. and I did them. I, I realized I could just every night go to a couple things a night. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so there's multiple dinners there's a night. There's so many, and so I supported my friends and causes that I really believed in. Your, one of your causes now, and mm -hmm. it has been for the, yeah. for, in recent years, though, is not just what you put on your face, mm -hmm. increasingly what you put in your body. Right. Um, Beauty Evolution is a new company you're starting? Is well, that? Beauty Evolution is the umbrella Over. to all the company, okay. all, everything that goes, that goes under there. So the new book, which is under that umbrella, which is called Beauty from the Inside Out. And because my philosophy has always been the better you take care of yourself, the better you feel, the more energy you have. Because people always say, how do you get so much energy? You know what, I do practice what I preach most of the time, and mm -hmm. I do feel better when I eat better and drink enough water and do all those things. Eating right and exercising is more important than what you put on your face. 
This is what you have said, Miss, who has made her livelihood I've, selling what you put on your face. I have said that a million times. You know, yes, you can go buy foundation, bronzer that gives you the healthy glow. That's great. It's a lot easier to put it on healthy looking skin than tired, mm -hmm. you know, not healthy skin. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, the women that used to come in to get their makeup done and they've been partying, smoking cigarettes, like it was not easy to get them looking fresh and beautiful. And the other ones that were healthy, it was so easy. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying no makeup. I love makeup. I will always love makeup. But you've got to take care of yourself. Tell me what, what well, you make I, of the word feminist. Well, I, I mean, I guess just in general, I believe women are you know, beyond the strongest. There's no question. We are able to do so much. We are actually having children. We are working. We are doing all this. Yes, I know that, that there is the inequality with pay. I understand mm -hmm. that. But as far as, you know, getting a voice at the table, we should just take it. I always have. I've never not because there was 25 men in ties in my boardroom. I still said what I thought. Did you ever face that proverbial glass ceiling? Um, I never saw a glass ceiling. I'm kind of naive when it comes to a lot of things. I'm sure other women in the same room felt it, but I just always had tunnel vision of what I thought and believed in. And so... Where does I, that come from? I don't know. I just, I've always been, I always say what I think. Um, sometimes it gets me in trouble, mm -hmm. and I always do what I say. When has it gotten you in trouble? When I say things against um, a lot of the people in the room that want something to happen, and I don't believe in it. Mm -hmm. But in the end, does it really get you in trouble? Because well, people you're aren't happy your... with sure. people aren't happy with my decision. Um, so I, it, I've never been in trouble. I don't know what trouble means. I don't know what trouble means. Social media. Yes. You admit that you use it a lot. I love it. But you've also said you're a bit worried about the impact. Well, I don't know if I'm worried about the impact. I'm worried about the girls that see all the celebrities that have retouched every, all over All every, over Instagram. Right. I mean, like crazy. I mean, but hopefully they will be educated enough to know that it's not real. I mean, I don't put bad pictures of myself on. Mine are not retouched. But I certainly delete and throw them in the garbage when I don't look good. I only put things that I think I look good. <laughs> I mean, why would I put a bad picture up? <laughs> well, I think, mm. you know, the thinking is to let people know, hey, my life isn't always. Oh, no. I put pictures of, like, a, my bags that I dump on the floor yeah. all over, and it's a mess. And that happens quite often. And I post those. So I like the reality. But I'm not going to post a picture where I look, you know, ugly or fat. Sorry. So, which... <laughs> You can't look like okay. either, but in, okay. In pictures, yes. Okay. okay. Uh, this word that I, my hate word of the year right. is balance. Because mm -hmm. as the mother of a one-year-old, right. I've decided right. it doesn't exist. It is fake. It is an evil word. I don't get it. But you have to look for it. Okay, so you. It doesn't exist. When we were sitting down for this yeah. interview, you said, yeah. how many more kids are you going to have? Have three or four more. You right. are a mother of three. Yes, and I wish I had four. Okay. And trust me, I was not balanced. And I'm still not balanced. I'm working much more then I'm taking care of myself right now because I'm on a book tour. And, I, and after I left the company, I just said yes to everything. Mm. And now I'm doing all those things. I said yes to a commencement speech, not realizing, oh, my gosh, I actually have to write it Kinda and give work. it. You know, and, you know, what if I am not good at it? So anyways, that's life. And I believe we're all working towards being 
better versions of ourselves. What does making that balance look like to you? How do you achieve it? What is sort of taking control right. mm -hmm. of your life? Because some right. have written about how email can just take over your right. life. You're allowing other, if you respond to every email, you're allowing other people to dictate your right. time. Mm -hmm. How have you achieved that? Well, I forward emails to my assistant sometimes. I forward to, you know, the girl that's running the company. I, and I trust them that they'll deal with it. And I answer some myself. So it really depends, but I don't answer them at night, mm. and I, you know, I might answer them on a weekend, but I put my phone down. I go do what I do, and then I come back, I look at it. I don't like to have a lot of emails. I'm the person that likes to have zero in my inbox. Mm -hmm. Me too, so, I am too. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes I flag, that's a mistake, but I flag, and sometimes I look, and I'm like, oh my God, I've got 98 flagged emails, and then I have to go back and say, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to not answer you, but I can't do it. I mean, I like to just tell people up front because then you're not wasting time and energy. Exactly. You're a woman who has somehow not seen these glass ceilings, who has risen to the top in your mm -hmm. industry. But still, when we look at the numbers of women in corporate America that are leading companies, right. big and small, right. that are on boards, on corporate mm -hmm. boards, it is abysmal, right. especially for right. 2017. Do you see a role in your next chapter as more involved on that front? Do you believe in policy changes that need to happen? Some countries have instituted quotas for the number mm. of women on boards. I mean, what do you, does it bother you and what do you think needs to happen? Well, what, what, what really has to happen for me personally, because I'm not a policymaker, there's plenty of people for that. What I like to do is empower the girls that I work with, that I talk to. So, so what do you say to them? What? What do you say to them? I say just don't, don't pay attention to the rules. You could do this, just keep doing it. And, you know, a lot of women, a lot of young girls that are in the workforce, you know, on their way up, they're very worried. What if I want to have kids? I don't even have a boyfriend. So it's about, you know, life and lifestyle as well as getting ahead. And I do think, you know, I'm very optimistic and I'm naive. It's probably my best and my worst, you know, trait. I do think things are changing. And I do see like a groundswell right now yeah. of women getting together to say, okay, we've got to do this. We've got to get this done. So you were a frequent guest at the Obama White House. You promoted empowering young women on mm -hmm. a national scale. You talk about this groundswell. What is the number one thing on that front that you would like to see from the current administration, from the Trump administration? Well, I would like it to continue. I would like, you know, to have like amazing, strong women in key positions. And I would like to really help you know, moms that have to work that can't afford childcare. So you know. that is something that uh, a cause that Ivanka Trump is sort of championing and leading right. from the White House. Yes. Are you, if you were invited to the White House, there have been a lot of executives invited for these working groups. Would you go and what would your advice be? I would go and I would do what I always do, which was give my opinion and be really clear and really firm. You know, it's, it's, Politics is not my bag because I like where I could make a difference. I like to see the difference. I don't like to talk about what I'm going to do. I just like to do it. I ask sort of what you think the number one thing is that could be done because there does seem to be a shift now. And I wonder if you believe that the government has a role in providing these things, right? When or is it on corporate America? I mean, you used to lead this company. Right. Does corporate America need to, every company, commit to giving parental leave, not just maternity leave, right, but for both mothers and fathers? Do they need to, is that incumbent on corporations, or does the government have a role they need to play here? Well, look, if I was queen, 
of, of America. If I was queen, I would have teachers make as much money as athletes. Here, here. So I would do so many things. I don't know the path to get this done. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see it done just like every other woman and every other human being, you know, to make sure that, that everyone has their fair mm. shakes. People need education. They need to be able to, you know, to grow and to be able to get great mm -hmm. jobs. There's so many things that need to be done. I, I would much rather do it on a smaller scale. You know, my husband and I send a couple kids to college through an organization. And, um, you know, I just believe in empowering the people around me. And I like to see a big difference. What do you want your kids to say about you, Bobby? One um, day? Well, I know what they do say about me. She thinks she's really funny. She can't dance. She's a little annoying, but we're really proud of her and yeah. we love her. Yeah. Yeah. They're proud of you. They are. They just don't like to tell me that much. Mother's Day and my birthday, they're pretty good. Who <laughs> has influenced you the most along the way? You've talked about Papa Sam. You've talked about your you know, Russian yeah. uh, grandfather. Who else? Honestly, it's my husband. I, I, I met this man and I fell in love with him and I married him like in three months. What's his name? His name is Steven. And if can we, we can we get the love story? Um, sure. I met him when I was 30 years old. I had just gotten out of a relationship I was in for 18 years, and a friend brought him to dinner. And I called my dad and I said, "I just met the man I'm going to marry." I didn't know anything about him, but I just knew. So we got engaged in three months, married six months later. I started the company. We, you know, moved to the suburbs, had a baby, and he's been there every step of the way every step of the way. He's there now for building the new company. You know, he did want me to leave the old company years before, um, but he supported me when I told him I wasn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. And he's been there every step of the way. He's helped me with my commencement speech. He's helped me, you know, on everything because, yes, everyone looks at me like I'm this incredible, you know, powerful woman, and maybe I am, but it takes a village. You know, I can't do it alone. Sheryl Sandberg, who tragically lost right. her husband, Dave, mm -hmm. um, wrote about the importance of him w far before right. she, she lost him, and she wrote about how important that has been for her personally, but also for her professional success, right. having him, this rock, behind her. You know, the saying, behind every good man is, right. a, is a good right. woman, you know, it also goes the other way. There's no question. There's no question. He wants me to succeed. He want, he's tough on me. Is he, he wants me to do my best. He doesn't like when I kind of fall apart and, you know, want to be picked up. He wants me to do it myself. Mm -hmm. Honestly, he's amazing at it. When we sat down last, it was June 2014, and you said to me that you don't believe you'd made it yet. Three years later, right. have you made it? Um, I pretty, you know, I've closed a chapter. I never thought I would have a whole new book to write. So I guess I closed more than a chapter. I finished a book. <laughs> but yes, I, um, I, know, I know I've made it, mm. and that's for me. That must feel good. It feels incredible, you know, it feels incredible. And, um, you know, I know I've created a lot of jobs for people, a lot of careers. I still keep in touch with, you know, many of the people that I've always worked with hmm. globally. I mean, makeup artists all over the globe. Sure. Again, social media, that's how I talk to them. All right, lightning round, okay? Yeah. Before we wrap yep. up. Makeup or no makeup? Depends where you are and what you're doing. Hair up or down? It, it depends if who's doing it near them. <laughs> East Coast or West Coast? East Coast. Little black dress or blue jeans? Blue jeans. Jersey Shore or the Hamptons? Bahamas. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Espresso. Favorite tech device? iPhone. 
Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter? Instagram. Favorite shopping tool? How does Bobby Brown shop? Amazon. Who's your hero? My hero, there's so many. I mean, my hero's my husband. I know it sounds really boring. My hero are my kids. Yeah. I don't think it's boring. Yeah. Bobby Brown, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for talking to us. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Boss Files. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Poppy Harlow CNN. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.